Hello, this is Beyond the Bell with WASTA, Wisconsin's hub for professional development for anyone working in out-of-school time programs and youth-serving organizations. It's our mission to help you provide the highest quality care to children and their families. If you wish you had an extra tool going into programming to help guide behaviors in a productive way, wish you knew more about how to provide the whole family with support, or you want to enhance your own well-being, then this is the home for you. We know what it's like to feel like you never have enough time or resources to meet everyone's needs, and we're here to support you through the challenges. Stay tuned as we explore new ideas and strategies that you can use right away. Rachel Sharon, Health Educator with Marshfield Clinic Health System Center for Community Health Advancement and Wisconsin Out of School Time Alliance. We're excited you're listening today to our conversation with Megan Kenny and Lisa Smith. Megan Kenny is the 211 State Program Director for United Way of Wisconsin. Megan joined the United Way of Wisconsin team in 2018 and she works daily to support the 211 Wisconsin system. Lisa Smith is a certified referral specialist and database curator. She's also the director of United Way Fox Cities 211. She serves 10 counties in the Northeast Wisconsin. She's also the co-chair of the 211 Wisconsin Operations Council and the president-elect of Wisconsin's chapter of the Alliance for Information and Referral Systems. They're here today to talk to us about 211 and how to leverage its resources. Welcome, ladies, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting us. So in the out-of-school time arena, it's not uncommon for you serving leaders to enter the field because they simply like working with kids or they have a particular topic like STEM or outdoor recreation that they're interested in. But it only usually takes a few hours in programming to realize that child and family needs are much more complex. And we quickly feel a larger call or a more urgent calling to serve the whole child and the whole family. Unlike during the school day, however, our programs rarely have the support of staff such as social workers that can help us make important connections for families. And it's hard to forge partnerships and find solutions to really complex problems. So we often don't realize there's helpful resources right at our fingertips. Doing something simple like providing information about a resource can go a long way in supporting our kids. So tell us about one of these resources. Tell us a little bit about 211. Sure, I'll start. So 211 is a free and confidential service that connects people to community programs and services. So we connect people every day to things like food support, housing, mental health, substance use, and really everything in between. We also play a key role in times of disaster. So when you think about natural disasters like flooding, but also during public health concerns like COVID or drinking water concerns as well. Core things to know about 211 is that we're available 24-7 seven days a week, and that's for everyone in the whole state of Wisconsin. The 211 Wisconsin system is made up of eight regional contact centers that support that greater network that we call 211 Wisconsin. The 211 Wisconsin system is managed by United Way of Wisconsin. It's also important to know just that in, within the whole country, 211 is present in 99% of the country, and again, in Wisconsin, we're, uh, we cover the whole state. And we're really the human-centered connection to human services. So people can contact us and really learn that next step about available resources that are close to them. So this is a resource that's widespread. And I almost want to ask the question, what do you not do? Because it sounds like you offer so many different touch points just from the one resource. Lisa, did you want to add anything to that? Sure. So, you know, what we... We always call ourselves the first call for help. We really hope that that's what we're looked at as. We are a human being that's going to answer that phone and be able to understand through that call what's happening with the caller, do that assessment, and try to connect with resources. But, 
you know, if we get calls for emergency services like police, fire, or ambulance, that wouldn't be the, you know, the appropriate way to connect with us or the appropriate reason. But if people do contact us for those things, we can certainly get them to where they need to be. But again, we say 911 is for police, fire, ambulance, and 211 kind of handles a lot of other things then. So a good comparison, we're not 911, but a good way to remember, simple it is an effective resource. You just pick up the phone. Someone's going to be on the other side. And Megan, I think you mentioned right away that this is available 24-7. So it's not always convenient when needs come up, but this is something that will be hopefully convenient for families when they need it. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of convenience, we'll just also note that you can also text us if that is a more convenient way for you to interact with us. You can do that by texting your zip code to 898-211. You can also chat on our website. And additionally, you can search our, our website on your own if you want to, if that is a more comfortable way for you to look for resources. Um, we have a really broad and comprehensive database with over 30,000 health and human services in it, and that's available publicly on our website. So certainly when you call in, you're talking with someone who navigates that web that database every day and is happy to kind of, as Lisa said, do that assessment, see what what needs you're thinking about, and then maybe also offer some additional referrals that you hadn't thought about or you didn't know as they kind of understand the situation. But so there are those four ways to connect. So phone, text, chat, and through a website search. And that really is helpful to know because depending on where a person is at, they might feel a little more comfortable or it might feel safer reaching out or it might be able easier to articulate a concern that they have starting off a conversation in a different way. So that's really helpful to know that there's options. So tell us a little bit about both of your roles behind the scenes in making something so amazing like this work. I can start. So I, again, as Rachel introduced me, I'm the 2-in-1 State Program Director. So I work, again, we have eight regional contact centers that do a tremendous amount of work and for the system and really run the system. But we do have a statewide office, which is where I work. And that statewide office helps support kind of the network really act as a unified network. Um, and we also bring in a fair amount of kind of grant management and project management when our system takes on unified projects from a state level, whether that's a disaster response or a project. For example, we run the Wisconsin Addiction Recovery Helpline, which is powered by 211. So when you call into 211, you can call into the helpline that way. And so our office kind of manages that project as well. Yeah. And so that's kind of, and I get, I have a team that I work with at the state office that helps support all the really good work that the centers do every day. And in my role, I am at the local level, a contact center director. So I manage staff, of course, who are taking calls, also staff who curate the database and making sure that both sides of the contact center are operating at optimal levels. And in my role as well, I take a fair amount of phone calls and I do curate a lot of the database records. So it's good for me because I understand kind of both sides of our work. And I think we forget in in a lot of times that we aren't just calls. That database is an amazing tool for folks to use in the community. And it's taken a lot of resources and investment of time to get it to where it is today. And a lot of that is thanks to Megan and her team at 211 Wisconsin and United Way of Wisconsin. So it's a great machine. It's well-oiled by this time. And in our in our local level contact centers, of course, we're primarily focused on taking calls from those the counties within our service area. 
but we certainly all help each other out in times of disaster or pandemic. And so our system is amazing in that we can help each other when the call volumes are high, but we're also local experts in our community. So community-based centers are very important to continue to, to operate like ours. Yeah, it's really helpful to hear a little bit about how the whole system, big and small, works because I think in the age of like all AI and all these things happening online, it's good to know that there's a human to connect with on the other side of all of this. And that's really what we're talking about here with social determinants of health and connecting families. It's not just to a screen or a number, but that there's like there's something behind that. There's someone to really connect with. I think that really helps helps make it real and something that people can invest in. So you talked too about you've got like your state office and then you've got these regional offices and how you also then have that information that's relevant for that community because if you're in one part of Wisconsin, it can be vastly different than the other part of Wisconsin. So it sounds like when you pick up the phone, you're going to potentially talk to somebody that really understands that community as well. Yeah, absolutely. So our phone system, we use a unified phone system. So everyone in 211 Wisconsin uses the same phone system. And calls are routed based on a regional routing, a kind of that happens in the on the back end, if you will. But what's really powerful about our system is that everybody is able, because of our shared technology and shared database, everyone in all of our centers is able to support a caller no matter where they are in the state. So while you're typically talking to someone as kind of a regional-based center, you're absolutely going to get a very similar service and a similar kind of referral from somebody who might be across the state from you. So another example of a quality service, you're going to get a breadth of information depending what you need, but you're also going to have that local contact and that connection piece too. And those relationships are very important at the local level. You know, building relationships through our host, and in, in the Fox Cities case, it's United Way Fox Cities, They've created these relationships and communities, and we've become a trusted source of information. So that really helps, too. Again, being a trusted place really at the you know end of the day is super important. And being able to talk to a real person is just, uh, in this day and age, almost impossible. So that's why we're so proud of 211. So let's talk about what it's like. Walk us through. When I call 211, how does the conversation go? What happens? Well, typically you're going to call and you'll go through um, a menu of options. And in Wisconsin, as Megan mentioned, we have been the COVID line for quite some time. And so if there's something going on locally or statewide or nationally or internationally, there may be an option to speak about a specific topic like COVID. Or if you are calling and needing help with substance use, for example, that's also an option. So when you call, there will be some options for folks. Also, we do have the ability to speak to anyone regardless of language so that there's an option for that. And most of us use translating services. So we're able to handle quite a large variety of different languages. And then once you get to an information and referral specialist, they're going to ask a few questions. Most likely they will want to know where the person is located. That's a really important piece for us, making sure that we're looking at resources in the community where they're located. Somebody may be calling on behalf of someone And in that case, we would want to know where the person who needs help is located. So that really helps us target that area for resources. But we're also listening and asking, you know, some very basic questions. We don't like to ask a lot of questions. I will be upfront about that. We we only need to ask what we need to help the caller. So it isn't an intrusive amount of questions. Typically, people know what they need when they call us, but sometimes we have to help walk through some scenarios and see what would be potentially helpful. And in some cases, a person calls for one thing, 
and throughout the course of that conversation, which is really what 211 is, it's a conversation with a friend. You're talking to someone, you're finding out what's happening in their lives, what prompted them to call. And it's very, I think it's a very easy way for both the caller and us to just chat. And we find out what they might need. We start looking at some resources, talking through those. And in many cases, the person may need some something additional that they didn't realize when they called. But through that conversation, through that informal conversation, we can usually find out a lot about the caller and what their needs might be. Sometimes they tell us outright. But after we assess that, we do look for resources in that community, again, based on the zip code. Our database is curated using a very sophisticated taxonomy system, which allows us to be unbiased in that search, meaning we're not making recommendations of agencies. We're using the nationally accredited system for looking for these resources so that people are getting a broad variety. It isn't just what that information referral specialist thinks might help. It's actually the opposite of that. It's really that database being curated the way it is allows us to find resources, again, based on the need and the, the zip code. So then we offer those resources many ways. Sometimes we'll talk to the person, they'll take down phone numbers. In some cases, we text those to folks. In some cases, we call the resource for the person. In many cases, in fact, around substance use and mental health, we want to ensure that that caller is talking to someone before we leave the call. So we may put the caller on hold with their permission and call the agency and say, hey, this is 211. You know, I have a caller who needs XYZ. And they're usually more than happy to say, sure, you know, let, let me talk to them. We give them a little bit of background about the caller so that we're not having that caller have to repeat that story. And in many cases, again, around specific issues, that's the best way to handle a 211 call. Not just to give out a phone number, but to ensure that that caller is talking to someone and then we leave the call. We don't stay on. We want to make sure they're in the hands of the professionals who can help, the experts in the field, and then we leave the call. And in some cases there, we will ask the caller if we can follow up to see how things went. But I think the big thing about 211 is we are not caseworkers. We are not able to answer a lot of questions directly, especially about medical issues. You know, we're not mental health counselors. But what we do is we get the caller to those resources as quickly as possible. Again, that first call for help is really important. We may not be able to solve the issue, but we're going to get them to that help as quickly as possible and hope that the great agencies in our communities can help them. That's so helpful to know how the conversation plays out from step one, where there is a little bit of selection. You might have to press one or two, and knowing that going into it is so helpful that that's really just part of the process to help provide the best service and get people directed in the right way. And then how supportive these conversations, how open, how it's led by the person calling, and how you're asking for permission to do certain things, whether that's stay on the phone or make a call. And then it's always hopefully leaving something so that they're not empty handed at the end of the day. So that's a lot of really helpful detail. So if somebody who's never heard of 211 and they're trying to get families connected, what's like the elevator speech? How do you summarize that and really give a good idea of what 211 is and what it has to offer and do it in a way that's really welcoming and really palatable for families? Megan, you want me to take this one? Sorry. <laughs> I, I think in my mind, when I talk about 211, it is, it's a conversation with a friend. We're confidential. So when I talk to families or, or even the community members, I say it's a way for you to take that first step. 
you may not call us for help. It might be something else. You know, two-on-one is there for everybody. I think the other piece of this is we're not always just there to help somebody who's in crisis or in need. We've had people call with all kinds of interesting things. Sometimes somebody just wants to talk to someone. We have a lot of folks in our communities who, who are lonely and may need to talk to someone. They may not have other needs. We've had people call and ask very interesting questions that, you know, sometimes we're able to help with. But I think that's the most important thing. It isn't just because you need something that you can call two-on-one. Two-on-one is there for anyone. I've, had, I've talked to school counselors. I've talked to county social workers. I've talked to doctors, nurses, people who have somebody in their office who might need help, people who have a friend who might need help, you know, a family member. So it doesn't mean that it's you need something to call us, but it's that first call. Maybe you're just doing some investigation or you want to explore some things. I think it's important to frame two-on-one. It's just a starting point to whatever the end goal is and not necessarily, well, you need something, so you should call two-on-one. Elevator speech would be, again, it's the first call that you might make to, to start figuring out what you might need. That's so helpful. A conversation with a friend. Yes. It's hard because there's a lot of resources out there that are intended to really be helpful and supportive, but for many different reasons, they don't feel that way to the person that maybe needs them. And so this is really, like like you said, a way in, a starting point, and that sounds very supportive and welcoming. I know you ladies both kind of hit on this throughout our conversation, but I think it's worth repeating here at the end. So if somebody hasn't used this resource before, how do we get in touch with 211? Yeah, so you can simply call the three digits, 211. We also have a 10-digit number, which is 877-947-2211. Additionally, you can text us, and you can text your zip code to 898-211, and then you can use the website, and you can use the website one of two ways. If you go to 211wisconsin.org, you can chat from there if you if that's your preferred method, or you can search on the website. And we have a homepage that has just kind of a very simplified keyword search, but then we also have what we call guided searches, which are kind of topic or category specific searches, which can help someone really navigate different resources and kind of use the guides and the kind of questions or the categories to kind of narrow down to what might be um, what they're looking for. So those are the four different ways that you can connect with 2-on-1. Thank you so much. And thank you, Megan and Lisa, for being here today. We really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) And thanks for all of those listening in. We hope you leave today with a few more tools in your toolbox. Be sure to visit our website and sign up for our emails where we share information about all of our upcoming professional development opportunities.